Hello, it's Nick Kemp here on episode two of the Role Fullness podcast with Professor Daiki Kato. And on this episode, we will explore rolelessness. On our previous episode, we defined and discussed rolefulness. If you haven't listened to that episode, we recommend that you do so before you listen to this one. Daiki, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I'm happy to talk with you again. Me too. So let's move on with this journey of rolefulness. But today we're looking at rolelessness. And I think you and I both have concerns that rolelessness is increasing in society. Shall we start by what we mean by rolelessness? Hey, uh, yes, let's start to talk about rolelessness today. Start first. So, can you uh, explain about the rolelessness first? Sure. So as you know, I've been reading a few books on role theory and some papers, and I came across a few definitions or um, interesting paragraphs that I'd like to quote. So it is a condition often associated to adolescents and retirees, which I touched on in the previous episode. So I have a few quotes. The first one is from someone called Elena Nightingale, and she noted in her paper called Adolescent Rolelessness in modern society, and this is in 1998. Quote Adolescents have no prepared place in society that is appreciated or approved. Nonetheless, they must tackle two major tasks, usually on their own identity formation and development of self worth and self efficacy. The current social environment of adolescence makes both tasks very difficult. For these reasons, adolescents today are said to be suffering from rolelessness. Of course, they are not truly roleless because society in general, parents and schools do set certain roles for them, though these roles are not as meaningful and productive as they could be. Adolescents also could have other roles, most often determined by their peers, which are perceived by adults as undesirable. Last, we could speak of rolelessness. What we decry is that adolescents do not have contributing, active, productive roles that are consistent with and valued by adult society. Since current adolescent roles arose by default, much can be done to restructure these roles in positive ways. All right, that was quite a long quote. Let's move on to the elderly. And I found another quote in a paper. Called The Task of Time in Retirement by David Eckert and Kathleen Ross. And they noted that modern social trends in a series of blows had reduced the status of older people in the economy, the family, and the community and regulated them to retirement. They found themselves cursed instead of blessed by leisure time in abundance. And little or nothing to do with. Retirees are imprisoned in a roleless role with no vital function to perform. Wow. So, is this true for Japan, Daiki? Do you think adolescents and retirees struggle with a lack of meaningful role? Thank you for introducing about the rolelessness. And、uh, so, let's think about your question. Yeah,、uh, today, rolelessness is a condition not limited to the adolescent and elderly. 
uh, we all likely to have or will experience a sense of lawlessness at one point in uh, our life. For example, uh, in our jobs, sometimes in our relationships uh, with others. Japan uh, used to have a lifetime employment where one devoted their entire career to a company. This is no longer guaranteed. Perhaps the situation is not only in Japan, so uh, it is the same as many other countries, I think. Mm. The change of the society affected the sense of role of uh, adolescents. Mm. They feel anxiety for their future, and they have no find uh, their role without school or company. So, in fact, now I'm working at the university, and every day I'm talking with my students, and uh, university students are very busy to job searching, uh, but uh, the style of the hiring is very changing. So as I said, lifetime career is mm. not guaranteed. And so I think many students feel anxiety about that. So uh, it is very strongly affect the sense of law. And uh, I think so many adolescents and uh, young Japanese feel uh, lawlessness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember going to Japan in the mid 90s. And I remember several friends would tell me how the, the pathway for Japanese from being student to university student to employment was, you know, very clear. So, I mean, you had to do well at school. If you did well at school, you'd get into a university. If you got into that university, then actually the, the pressure to study dropped or the pressure was getting into university. And then, yeah, if you completed your degree, you could then seek or apply for an employment and have, I guess, a good chance of getting into a company. And they often spoke about lifetime employment. Now that's over 30, oh, it's almost 30 years ago. So it's, that's changed a lot. So this idea of lifetime employment, is that a form of role loss, do you think, for Japanese? Yes, society has been changing and our role is also changing. Uh, some roles were lost through the process the role consciousness uh, is changing uh, because of several reasons in our society and life. I guess our roles do evolve or change or our involvement in a certain role changes over time. And I know I touched on this in the previous episode, so my role is changing with my son. It's not a state of rolelessness at all, but <laughs> he probably doesn't need me now or he probably doesn't need me as much as when he was younger, I like to think he does need me and I, I still have a strong sense of rolefulness, but perhaps not as strong as it was when he was younger. And once he leaves home and he's independent, who knows, he might even live in a different country, I guess my, my sense of rolefulness will, will change and it might not be as strong as it is now or as it once was, but it will still be there and I will always feel a sense of rolefulness as a father. But maybe that's one of the challenges of life is we, we have multiple roles and I guess during our life there are these periods of intensity in each of these roles and then 
I guess they drop. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting concept that yeah, we have all these roles and that they evolve and change over time. But I guess this is typical as children grow and become independent, our role changes. Yes, we feel happy uh, to see children's growth, but at the same time, we feel loneliness at the same time. However, our role in family or society is changing through our life and adapting. It is uh, important, Mm. uh, I think, to adapt to the change is uh, very important. So we uh, talked about the role of uh, father uh, the last podcast. Mm. And so your son is already uh, grew up and my my sons are very young still. But I feel that the role of father for myself is uh, changing. So, for example, so when my children, uh, baby, I had a, a role for a lot of the baby's father and the my children go to the school, the role of the father is changing. So after that, soon there will be adolescent period. So uh, perhaps they are going to, doesn't need a father uh, so <laughs> li- like now. And so, yeah, uh, maybe I feel loneliness so, uh, as you, <laughs> but it is a very natural thing, I think, and it occurs uh, for everyone. Accept the situation and uh, adapting the situation mm. uh, is uh, very important. And finding a new role and uh, focus on the role and satisfied with it is very important to feel lawfulness. Yeah, it's, it's interesting being a parent and you see your children grow and when they're young and cute and playful and happy, yeah, you, you definitely experience and share that that happiness. And then I guess once they become adolescent, yeah, they struggle to some degree with life and you you can only help them so much. And so, you, yeah, your role does change to, to help them. So in some ways you, you lose... I guess you lose something in that role when they're younger, but you also, I guess, gain almost like a new role, which you can embrace. But I guess you lose less time with them and they're becoming more independent. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a good point that we have to adapt to our role or the demands of our role, and that's something we can always be very proactive and we can think about, so maybe, maybe that's a problem. Maybe we don't think enough about, okay, my children are getting older. How can I best serve them? How can I best help them? Um, because that's what you do as a parent or in our case as a father. So, yeah, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's one of my favourite roles and I think it is for you uh, to be a father. <laughs> so uh, I'll always be a father, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Another concern we have, I guess, and and maybe our listeners do, is this idea of the impact of technology or technological advancement and social media on rolefulness. And we will also touch on an extreme form of social withdrawal later in this episode. But, yeah, what are your initial thoughts on technology and social media? Yeah, uh, so the relationship between the technological development and uh, social withdrawal is a very important topic. And uh, 
the new technology is very convenient for us, but it also has a negative effect on our social relationships. The problem of social withdrawal is one of the most important social problems. In Japan, we call it hikikomori. Have you ever heard about the word? Yes, yeah, I actually wrote about it in my other book, yeah. Maybe hikikomori is a recently very familiar word, and uh, not only in Japan. It is a common problem in many countries, yeah. Yeah, it's now a global problem, and it seems to be growing. But let's start with technology. Technological advancement brings a lot of benefits to people, society, and the world at large. But at times it does come at a cost. And technology is changing our daily living and how we interact with others. And a few examples that came to mind recently with me just living a normal life and going out. And those examples were self-service checkouts. So we're seeing the obsolescence of customer service in some ways, and then QR codes at restaurants and reducing interaction between staff and customer. Now, there are some benefits. You you get faster service, but it, it is eliminating roles and I think to some degree creating rolelessness in jobs. However, <laughs> Daiki, as you would know, Japan seems to be an innovator in automated customer service. Uh, more recently at convenience stores. So what are you seeing at convenience stores in Japan? Because Japan has so many. Yeah, there are many convenience stores. And uh, perhaps it is not specific only in Japan. The relationship between customers and store staff is becoming less and less. The technology is developed and uh, the human relationship is, I think, less relationships in the many uh, stores. I see self-service checkouts everywhere and I feel that communication with store staff is decreasing recently. So in Japan, yes, this tendency is, uh, I see everywhere uh, that situations. And, but so last time uh, I visited Brisbane, so I think it is very similar for example, at the supermarket. Of course, there are the job staffs and they are very friendly, but there are many self-checkout machines. So yeah, that kind of setting is, uh, I think, uh, very similar as Japan. Okay. Yeah, that is a good point. We are seeing it in supermarkets. I mean, we've had it in supermarkets for quite a while. I guess in, you know, even Melbourne, and I live in a city suburb, we just don't have convenience stores. So I think the last time I was in Japan, it wasn't self-service. It was always with a member of staff serving you. So maybe the next time I go to Japan, I'll experience self-service or self-checkout at a a convenience store. But this idea of self-service, is this a contradiction in a country, so Japan, that prizes customer service highly? And what is the response from customers in general? Is there any resistance to these changes? Customer service is prized in Japan, as you know. The culture to value the customer exists and it is called omotenashi in Japanese. So the omotenashi, be kind to the customer is very important in Japan. So it is a Japanese culture. 
But I think、uh, most of the people accept the changes. So in Japanese culture, the omotenashi, so be polite and kind to the customers is very important. But so recent changes, so many、uh, Japanese people accept the changes. So yeah, I feel that not so many Japanese people feel、uh, confusion about rapid changes in the convenience stores or the supermarkets or the other customer service. So Yeah, perhaps it is very interesting adapting for Japanese people. We easily adapt so changing. So if the changes are very big changes, we can adapt it. Yeah, so maybe it is the atmosphere of the Japanese people or the characteristics of Japanese people. I think it's a good solution to maybe a bigger problem. So. We're living in a time where we're so time poor. Yeah, we're so busy. We're so stressed. Where we're dealing with so many things. So I guess automated checkout or self-service checkout is this easy option for us, where we can go into a convenience store, or supermarket, quickly buy something, and we're done. We don't have to talk to anyone. We don't have to, you know, if we're in a bad mood or we're in a hurry, we can just get what we want and move on. So it's. It's very helpful, but maybe underlying it, there is this bigger problem of, oh yeah, why are we so busy and stressed? And Japan prizes, I guess that that idea of、uh, ma, you know, yeah, yeah, space yeah. or、um, and taking things slow and all these cultural、uh, practices like tea ceremony where you are very much in the moment. So all of us in all countries are struggling with time management, and yeah, maybe self service and self checkouts a good solution to our lack of time. But yeah, maybe we have a bigger problem underneath it. Yeah, yeah、mm-hmm. that's what I think. Yeah,、um, what do you think? You grew up in Japan, so I guess the last twenty or thirty years, would you say there's a big difference between? Everyday life in Japan in twenty years ago were, were Japanese, you know, living a more relaxed or less time stressed life. In some parts, I feel、uh, relaxed because of the technologies、uh, advanced. But at the same time, I feel very stressful, and we are very busy、uh, because of the new technology. So,、mm. uh, for example. Social networking service or the chatting, or we are now talking、uh, using the Zoom. <laughs> so it, it is very convenient.、Mm. But yeah, I think that so my students, university students, are very busy、uh, to communicate using the smartphones. So they are. Checking the message from their friends every time, and、uh, so sometimes they are checking the message in my class, and、uh, and I I point out I stop it. So, <laughs> so yeah. So but yeah, they are very busy, and、uh, yeah, perhaps、uh, they feel anxiety, so they、uh, missed the. Message from friends, and they feel、uh, they have to respond as soon as possible. So yeah, I think it is very stressful. So I think totally the level of stress is not decreased in Japan. So people feel very stressful.、Mm. All right, that's a good point. I think we'll do a special episode on social media and its influence、yeah. on rawfulness. 
But let's move on to QR codes. And I shared this story with you, but I recently went to a cafe with my family. It was quite a large cafe and we entered the cafe and we found ourselves a table and we just ordered our meals with a QR code. So no, no staff came up to greet us and to take us to the table. We just walked in, looked around, found a table, sat down, and then, yeah, the first thing we all did is pull out our phones so we could look at the menu. There was no menu offered to us. Eventually a member of staff did come up and greet us, and that was nice. But in the end, the role of the staff just seemed to bring out the food. So there was no friendly banter, no friendly conversation. Then we had our meal and then because we had already paid, obviously by ordering on the phone, we just left without any expressions of gratitude being exchanged. It was, yeah, as I said, a a large cafe and so we just left, I guess, the nearest exit. So this felt very strange to me. It felt like this is wrong. You know, we should be saying thank you. They should be thanking us. So QR codes in restaurants are definitely becoming the norm. It certainly, again, makes ordering and paying easier. It saves time. But are we losing something with this type of automated service? What do you think, Daiki? I had the quite same experience recently in Japan. So a few days ago, (laughs) I went to a cafe with my uh, colleagues uh, and we ordered and paid using the QR code. So so it is very same as you. (laughs) Of course, uh, there are uh, store staff, but uh, we have no chance to talk with them and saying uh, thank you to them. Yeah, the system is, yeah, of course, very convenient, but we lose opportunities to uh, enjoy communication with others. And uh, when we met in Brisbane, so we went together at the cafe and the restaurant. And uh, so we communicated with the staffs yeah. and uh, ordered to the staff. The staff talked to us about the detail of the meals. And so I could say uh, thank you to them. And so that kind of communication was really comfortable for me. And especially I'm a foreigner. And yeah. so... Yeah, my trip is a very important experience for me. And so the memory and experience spent with you and uh, so talked with so others so like the uh, shop staffs or the, the museum staffs and every memories are very important and, uh, and wonderful. So yeah, I think the technology is very convenient, but yeah, losing communication with others is not good. And so... I think so. Uh, it's my personal opinion. So the communication in person or the talk and say thank you or hello to each other is a very important experience for us. I agree. And I remember that waiter when we had lunch really looked after us. He was mm. very polite, friendly, checked on us several times. So I think it added to the experience. And yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe in the future... <laughs> You might have to pay extra for human service or something, so who knows? But, yeah, I mean, screens are becoming essential in our lives and we are at a point where if you you don't take your phone, you might not be able to order at a restaurant. So is technology and specifically the use of screens and devices becoming a facilitator or a barrier to social rolefulness? Yeah, it's a very 
difficult point, but I, I think both, it has both positive and negative sides, especially for our social roles. The benefits are, for example, FaceTime with people uh, far from us. So now you are in Melbourne and uh, I'm in Nagoya. Uh, yeah, our distance is uh, actually very far, but I can uh, see your face and uh, I enjoy talking. So it is because of the technology. And so it is a very positive point, I think. Mm. And uh, the affordable communication uh, is because of the new technology. So it is a very good point. But at the same time, so I have concerns about the effect of new technology on our communication too. So it includes not only a good point, but also it includes a negative effect. Um, in person, environments where screens are used to or automation is becoming standard, it changes our communication style dramatically. We are talking about, uh, for example, those automatic checkout service or the QR code. So can you imagine another example? Can you show any other examples of uh, new technologies affects so our social roles? Well, I can. And I think what we'll do, we, we might do a an episode dedicated to this, Daiki, but I'll just touch on it now. So I do know, obviously, this is in the news. Everyone's talking about it. So obviously AI is just, again, this, technology where we're beginning to learn to handle or become accustomed to and so yeah it, there's this tool chat gpt that a lot of people are using very helpful there's also robotics i know social robots are quite big in japan i've done several podcasts and interviews on social robots in Japan and their benefits on my, my other podcast. And then we have this term I came across, AI anxiety, with you know, workers who fear losing their jobs to artificial intelligence. So, yeah, our rolefulness is, I guess, being influenced or maybe put in jeopardy to technology and we're seeing, yeah, AI... <laughs> And robotics could be a part of that. But I think we'll make a special episode maybe on AI and robotics and whether it impacts rollfulness or how it impacts rollfulness. So how about we finish this episode because we've talked about rolllessness today. And I think in the next episode, we're going to touch on how you can measure your rollfulness with the rollfulness scale. So, yeah, let's do an episode on rollfulness and AI and we'll finish today and next episode we'll, we'll jump onto your scale, the rollfulness scale. How's that sound, Daiki? Okay, so uh, let's talk about the rollfulness scale and we hope to have a chance to talk about the AI and the new technology and uh, the, how it affects on the rollfulness. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> we can do a whole episode on that. All right, Daiki, thanks so much for your time today and I'll, I'll see you on the next episode. Yeah, thank you very much.